Hi guys, I'm Omi. And I'm Zara, and welcome to episode 17 of What's Your Own? Indeed. I'm oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> I'm going to say we're back with Blood and Wine. No, Wine and Crime. Excuse me. We're back with Wine and Crime, and since I won... Oh, okay, it's weird saying I won, a, I won a murder case, but since I won the murder case last time... Yours was the most interesting. Um, so today I picked the topic, and we are going to talk about dating app murders. Dun, dun, dun. I thought it'd be a good one, considering current climate of being a fast-paced world of dating social media them ones yeah exactly yeah so i i'm gonna say this i lost last time because i didn't put too much detail about like the things that happened i didn't want to be too gory or whatever but then you just went straight in there so i've let my lesson this time and i've put in as much detail as i can so i have interpreted the um not interpreted it differently because it's still you know, dating up, meeting, blah, blah, whatever. I've just done it slightly differently to mix it up, you know? Okay. So I'm just going to jump straight in. So I have decided to do the murder of Victoria Martins in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And the okay, I've heard this one. You have? No, I haven't. Oh, you have? Okay. Okay, well, fuck you then. I've got to do a whole different case. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this happened in August 2016. Um, I wanted to start off by giving like a little bit of a bio on every person involved. Just before I get into like what happened, I like the way I've laid it out anyway. Ah! Why am I excited? We're talking about death. <laughs> I need help. Um, okay, so first up we have Michelle Martins, who's 35 years old at the time of the murder. She was described as someone who worked hard and loved her children. She'd never been involved in drugs and had passed the drug test at her new place of employment just three months before the incident. It was believed that the toxic people that she had entering in her life caused her to spiral. She had a history of dating men who weren't the best, don't we all? Um, In March 2016, she called the Children, Youth and Families Department, otherwise known as Child Protective Services in other states in America, to report that her boyfriend at the time, David Hernandez, had tried to kiss her daughter, Victoria. Um, It was then that Michelle found out that David had a history of sexually abusing children and had been arrested for attempted kidnapping of a four-year-old. Oh, God. So, like, as this story goes on, I feel like you'll see why I find this a little bit confusing that she didn't know. Okay. She didn't go from the signs. Yeah, just the sort of woman that we come to find out that she is, I think that she knew exactly what he was doing. Straight away, I'm kind of thinking she's one of those southern um, hillbillies. She's not actually. She was born in the Bronx. I am Cardi B. I am from the Bronx. Yeah, that, them ones. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's what, exactly what I thought. But she kind of turns into one of those trailer trash people yeah like with the drugs and stuff yeah because once she meets men that do drugs she then gets involved in it okay anyway after this all happened michelle kicked david out then the report of this kiss caused a scandal as the police department issued a statement that they had investigated this claim but it turns out that they had lied Michelle had gone on to call the Child Protective Services a total of four more times and nothing was ever investigated and no action ever resulted, which I find strange because the first time she called them was in March and then the daughter, the murder happened in August. So you call five times in that short space of time. That's a red flag, is it not? Yeah. She called the Child Protective Services. Five times in five months. Like, is that not enough then? What's wrong with the what's wrong with the child protective services? No idea. So we'll come we'll come back onto that in a bit. So anyway, so next person of interest, we have her new boyfriend, Fabian Gonzalez, who she met in July 2016 on the dating app Plenty of Fish. Oh no. 
then one so he was the man that came into her life and was a regular meth user and had a long history of offending including child abuse charges dun 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 so pretty soon after they met Fabian then moved into Michelle's apartment and by August the 10th he was bringing other drug addicts back round to the house So bear in mind that Michelle had two children whilst all this was going on. She had Victoria, who was nine at the time, and then Matthew, who was seven. But Matthew spent quite a lot of his time with his dad, so wasn't around too much to see all of this kind of stuff. It was just Victoria. Yeah, Victoria's dad was absent. We don't know who that is. Okay. Poor girl. Anyway, so I think given like the previous incident with David Hernandez, she should have been a bit more careful who she brought around her children but hey ho um anyway so the fact that gonzalez also asked michelle not to tell her parents about him should have set off alarm bells in my head but again each to their own i don't know um so next we have jessica kelly who is gonzalez's cousin and she had literally just been released from prison on august the 15th so five days after he moved in with michelle she had been in and out of prison for um, the past decade with previous convictions, including conspiracy to commit rape. And just like Gonzalez was a heavy meth user. And once she was out of prison, she then moved in with Michelle and Gonzalez. Why, why are they all moving in? I'm sorry, like, I don't have space for everyone. <laughs> this isn't Noah's Ark. Can you get off? Noah's Ark! I'm dead. <laughs> um, So then obviously lastly, we have Victoria Martins, the victim, who was nine years old at this point in time. She was described as a happy child who was always smiling and she loved gymnastics and swimming and was said to have a very bright future, which is really So um, let's get down to business. Um, So the incident happened, the murder, I don't know why I keep calling it the incident. The murder happened on the 23rd of August, 2016. And this day was particularly special because it was Victoria's 10th birthday. No, she died on her birthday. Uh, no. I She'd gone to school and celebrated her day with her friends and had done like the whole happy birthday phone call with her parents that morning and all of that. So let me fast forward a few hours. 4.30am, so August 24th, the police arrived to the apartment complex where Victoria lived due to the neighbours complaining of a disturbance in Michelle's apartment. Once they got there, the police saw Gonzalez and Michelle outside and it was evident that some kind of fight had happened as Michelle had a deep gash on her face and Gonzalez had a cut above his left eye. Kelly remained inside the apartment. <laughs> I don't know why I find this funny. And once the police asked her to leave, she locked the door and jumped off the second floor balcony, breaking her ankle. Why did she do that? Because she's dumb. <laughs> Absolute dumb dumb. So, anyway, the police managed to apprehend all three of them and entered the apartment. What they found was described by one officer as the most gruesome act of evil I have ever seen. Laying in the bathtub was the the lifeless body of Victoria Martins, who had been dismembered, wrapped in a sheet and set on fire. Why? (laughs) Sis, I don't know why. (laughs) My case is a little bit of crystal meth in it as well. I feel like a lot of these people are just... Uh, Drugs. Drug abusers, yeah. And it just gets too far. Yeah. They test... Yeah. Okay. Um, so the police took all three of them to the station to be questioned. Gonzalez was questioned for nine hours and insisted he did not rape or kill Victoria, whilst Kelly refused to be interviewed without a lawyer present. So next we have... Shell's false confession okay emphasis on the false okay we'll come back to this Michelle's, as in the mother the, yeah michelle is the mother so this okay. is where things get a little bit upsetting just like you know trigger warning um so michelle claimed that victoria had been injected with meth to calm her down so that gonzalez and kelly could rape her michelle watched as the pair raped stabbed strangled and dismembered her daughter Michelle also confessed that she had previously allowed men she'd met on dating apps to come to her home so she could watch them have sex with Victoria. Oh my God. I know. Obviously, this confession was believed by the police because they just didn't understand why someone would make this up about something that happened to their own daughter. Yeah, so this is her false confession. She's making all this... Well, she might be, but... Mm. So obviously this caused a media frenzy and of course the public were outraged because it's, you know, a little girl. 
Um, so all three were indicted on multiple charges, including but not limited to intentional abuse of a child, aggravated criminal sexual penetration and murder and tampering with evidence. So Michelle's bond was set at 1.5 million and Gonzalez's and Kelly's were set at 1 million each. However, building a case against Michelle and Gonzalez based on Michelle's confession was proven extremely difficult. This was because other evidence, including DNA, information from the autopsy and phone records pointed to a very different direction. So. Okay. I can see your face. I'm fast. That was My mouth is like dry but soggy at the same time. It's so exciting. <laughs> Let me have a drink. <laughs> I don't first okay why are you drinking I don't and I don't know how people can make up stories like that and have false confession like where does your mind go to be like yeah this is actually what happened I've been allowing men to sleep with her like how do you come up with these weird ideas no idea no idea part of me thinks there's truth in that it's yeah. not really false we'll get to that We'll get to it. Oh, we're coming. I tag up all this then. Don't you worry, sis. Well, at least I hope I did. You're probably going like, to find holes in it now. Um, anyway, so now we have to ask what really happened. Okay. So nearly two years after the murder, in 2018, the DA gave a press conference and made several shocking announcements, which completely turned the case upside down. His office had been analysing the DNA evidence, cell phone data, and conducting interviews with eyewitnesses for a year and a half before coming to the following conclusion. Victoria had been killed between 7pm and 8.45pm, meaning that Michelle and Gonzalez were not involved and were not at the house when the murder took place. So, they have eyewitnesses saying that they're somewhere else, which is fine. So, anyway, DNA was also found of Victoria's body that meant a fourth unknown man was involved. Your face, look at your mouth drop. <laughs> I don't, what, what I don't understand is, Okay, so someone's killed your child. Why are you taking the rap for it? I don't know. I do know a little bit, but we'll get there. Okay. Um, so anyway, long story short, Kelly was asked to pick up Victoria from school on this particular day, and it was not made clear whether this actually happened, as Victoria was seen being dropped off by the school bus at 4.35 and walking home alone. Then we skip forward to 7.05pm. Victoria is seen having a conversation with the neighbours, but this is the last time that she is seen alive. At 8.45pm, around that sort of time, Michelle and Gonzalez return to their apartment but sit in the car listening to music, you know, as you do. Banging tune on, you wait till the end. Um, Kelly is seen at this exact time carrying something wrapped in a blanket down the apartment stairs she sees Michelle and Gonzalez in the car, turns back around and goes back to the apartment. Once... Bitch. <laughs> so funny. Once Gonzalez and Michelle enter the apartment, Michelle is told to go to bed. Don't know why she doesn't question it, but she goes to bed whilst Kelly tells Gonzalez what has happened to Victoria. Again, trigger warning. They both proceed to remove Victoria's arms and some of her organs with a knife and place them in a trash bag. They clean up the blood and put the remainder of the body in the bathtub. Later on in the night, for reasons that I have no idea, Kelly comes into the bedroom and attacks Michelle and Gonzalez with an iron, which is why they have those wounds on their face that I mentioned before. And the rest of the story is the same, where she jumps off the balcony, the police get them, bring them into questioning. So that's what happened. We just don't know who this fourth dude is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm so baffled as to why Michelle is like taking rap we'll get there a little bit okay a little bit it doesn't explain it fully because i just think you're weak bitch but we'll get there um so it was found from victoria's autopsy that the cause of death was manual strangulation and that she hadn't been raped on the night of her death nor had she had she been injected with meth however the autopsy did show that Victoria had an STD, which correlates with Michelle's stories of previous sexual assault. Okay. So, however, as mentioned earlier, Michelle had reported these incidents with Child Protective Services, yet there was still no evidence of these reports being investigated. So her grandparents have since filed a lawsuit against the city of Albuquerque for failure to investigate the claims made by Michelle in the first place. 
Unfortunately, the lawsuit was dismissed and there are still plans on going to appeal this decision. That poor baby. But I, I really don't like the sound of this family. They just sound like they're trying to pocket out of it. What, the grandparents? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of get that you want a vengeance, but where were you when she was getting clearly getting raped by other men? She's got an STD. Like, she's not even 10 yet. She was 10 on the day. No. Like, she was just let down by everyone, this little girl. Yeah. Poor little girl. Um... So further to all of this, after Michelle's false confession, a psychological profile was done on her to understand why she confessed the way she did. It was realised that her IQ was lower than normal and that she was deemed a pupil person. She was found to be extremely naive and vulnerable after her daughter's murder and went along with anything the officer said during her initial interview. She spoke about certain details in the confession, but this was purely because she had picked up on them in the interrogation. She hadn't witnessed anything and was actually not involved. So she was just trying to please them. Why? Oh, God. I, I, don't, I have no words. I have no words for her. No, I just think that's weak. That is completely weak. Like, this is something that you clearly didn't have any involvement in. You, you should be guilty for something, definitely. Yeah. But why are you taking the rap for the whole thing? Like, you're, even your bond is higher than theirs. Like, I don't get that. I don't know. She, oh sorry didn't see that coming um okay so where are they now okay next section michelle the murder charges were dropped but she still faced charges for reckless child abuse resulting in death as it was held that michelle was not innocent but she was not a murderer she accepted a plea bargain in 2018 and faces 12 to 15 years in prison so she's doing okay i don't think it's i don't think it's enough but she also, like, isn't there a crime against lying in the court or something like that? Yeah, but she was given a plea deal, so I just, you know. Yeah. yeah. And what about the other two? Yeah, we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. So Jessica Kelly, she was offered a plea deal in 2019 in the hopes that it would help the police track down the fourth unidentified man. The rape charges against her were dropped. She pleaded no contest, which means she accepts the conviction but does not plead or admit guilt to six charges, including child abuse resulting in death, great bodily harm, aggravated assault, tampering with evidence, and conspiracy to commit tampering with evidence. She's serving up to 50 years in prison as a result of this plea. As part of her plea agreement, she has agreed to testify against her cousin Gonzalez in the state versus John Doe, which is the fourth unidentified geezer. So next we have Gonzalez. He did not accept a plea deal, so we'll go to trial. The DA's office dropped the murder and rape charges in the fall of 2018, but he was charged with reckless child abuse resulting in death and several counts of tampering with evidence. So I assume that's where, like, they cut her up, which is awful to say, but kind of dispose of the body, I guess, and, like, burning her. Um, So, shockingly, Gonzalez was released from jail in November 2019, after three years and two months, and is currently under house arrest as he still awaits his trial. Mm. Why? How? Well, so is there like, is there? Why did they do it? Are they just? Is it just reckless behaviour? Is it drugs? What? Why did they end up killing so, her? We're coming to this. Um, I'm so eager. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so the prosecutor for the DA's office pointed to Gonzalez's criminal record remembering that it includes felony child abuse charges and assault charges before this actual murder as a reason to keep him locked up. She also referenced his tendency to skip court dates and previous incidents in which he violated court-ordered conditions of release. The judge ruled that Gonzalez could be released. He cited the fact that he was no longer facing the heinous charges he once was, which is the murder and rape of Victoria. He said that the state had had not convincingly shown that he posed a danger to anyone in the community and obviously this decision was immediately appealed and the judge still to this day has not set a date for the trial. Why are they on his side? I don't know. I don't know. This judge is dirty, maybe. So, Do you have the judge's name? I need to Google them. <laughs> it's just he's called Judge Brown. But I would say Judge Brown, Albuquer- Albuquerque, you'd find him. Okay. I bet it's a rich white man. Um, anyway. So John Doe, our mystery man, 
The search, unfortunately, is still ongoing, but it is highly likely that Kelly knows who he is. In September 2018, before Kelly was offered the plea deal, she told the judge that the night Victoria was killed, a man came to the door asking for Favo, which is Gonzalez's street name. According to Kelly, she told him that Gonzalez was not there and that it was just her and Victoria. The man came into the apartment and killed Victoria as revenge for something drug or gang related. The man said to Kelly that Gonzalez messed up and knows what he did. However, the DA is reluctant to trust this account because they are unsure whether Kelly is a trustworthy source. Yeah, I don't think she is. No. It might have just been any old person that she was shacking up with or whatever. And he just managed to get away in time. Yeah. But then so, why would he protect him? I don't know. If it's a, like a, a gangster. But if you're in jail, it must be nice they have link. Yeah. But there you go. That is the case of Victoria Martins. That poor girl. I know. Sweet baby girl. Bless her. I'm for, I'll be forever confused about her mum. Her mum, like, she's just, her mum just sounds really, like, open to manipulation. That's what I got from what I read. Like, the police officers worded their interview with her in a way that they were, like, on her side. And that they were just trying to help her. So she just gave them what she wanted. And, like, she picked up on that. Because, obviously, she actually had no involvement. So they told her in the interrogation the things that were done to the daughter. And she was like, yeah, 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 this, this and this. Do you know what I mean? I think there is definitely truth in her probably allowing men to abuse her for sure because they found that evidence there. Yeah, I just feel like you're not going to... Yeah, I don't know. You're not going to just make that up if there's nothing. Yeah. But maybe she knew that it was going to come out. Yeah, I think maybe it was just a fear thing of, like, they're going to find this out anyway. Yeah. She's too naive to, like, play it smart. Yeah. Oh, but poor girl. I know, poor girl. Little sweet baby girl. Right. Um, it's my case. I feel like you've, you've probably already heard this. It's, it was based in London. Yeah. Um, and it's... There's a few, though, in London. Again? There's a few in London, because when, obviously, I was looking for mine, they were the first ones that came up. Yeah. So I don't actually know which one you've picked. That's scary, you know. Why are there so many in in end? I don't like it. Well, I've learned that I need to be more cautious with when you're like trying to date online. Hundred percent, it's scary. Um, so let me set my scene. So, my hey. 2016 as well. So on 7th of April 2016, the police were called to a flat in South London after neighbours had started complaining about a really bad smell. Oh, nice. <laughs> on Southwark- I know already what this is. <laughs> <laughs> on Southwark Street in South London, police found remains of 49-year-old Gordon Semple, who had been missing for six, for six days. Do you recognise the name? No, but I recognise the street. And all I can think of in my head is, body, yaddy, 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 because you said, <laughs> Mel, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> 48 year old Stefano Breezy had been trying to dispose. Yes, okay. That was the first one that I saw. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Had been trying to dispose of the body he had killed just the week before. So, a little bit about Stefano. Let's just rewind a little bit. Stefano, yeah, tell me about the bastard. Stefano was, a, was born in, um, in Italy in 1966 to a devout Catholic family. He was very intellectual and like went to uni, did a really good degree. But the thing about Stefano was that because of this religious background, he had to like hide the fact that he was gay. Oh, like, no, no sympathy. A lot of people, that's the thing. A lot of people kind of, there's a lot to that happened to Stefano that kind of not excuses him, but. You see where it comes from. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so in 2008, he was told he was HIV positive, <gasps> had hepatitis C. Um, and I think, like, having this news prompted him to leave Italy. Mm-hmm. If you're like, you're on your own, really, aren't you? And you're getting, yeah, I understand. 
So in 2010, he moved to London. And I reckon coming to London was like an escapism from him, as it's yeah. like loads of people. Um, and when he did move to London, I think things changed for him. Look at me, fucking oh. I know him. <laughs> My friend. <laughs> things changed for him and like he had a good career like a high-paying job he's working in London what what job did he have he was an IT consultant okay all the news articles I read kept stating his salary so I'll just say it he was on 70k I was working as an IT consultant he was doing well and flourishing but in 2013 he what in 2013 I think, like a lot of people in a fast-paced job, he started experimenting with drugs. Never. I would never. <laughs> Who are you lying to? <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this was this was kind of... Uh, he's He started off probably quite light and then it just escalated and he ended up being getting addicted to crystal meth. Oh no! Why is it always meth? I know. I think if I've learned anything from our cases, is that don't, don't touch do it. Yeah, don't do meth. People, god damn. Um. So yeah, he became addicted to crystal meth, but he was quite he, like the the reports I was reading and like the documentaries I was watching. He was supposed to like supposedly a huge character, and like there was one time where he uh, apparently had a funeral for. Or his meth to try and bury, like just to try and quit from it. He had like, what is it? He hosted a funeral for it. That's ridiculous. It's a, it's a little bit of a weird one. That, is, that sounds like yeah. really odd. I don't know what I'd do if I got an invitation to one of those. So in 2015, he lost his job and he became quite the hermit. Like, he was staying in his flat. He wasn't doing anything other than watching Breaking Bad, which is what was one of his big influences, having crystal meth, and being a shout-out completely. So, basically, lockdown. Lockdown, yeah. But what we're going through now. <laughs> we're not that extreme. Um, no. He was in a place of taking ketamine and crystal meth, as we already know. A um, mm-hmm. bit about crystal. A little bit about crystal. It's yeah, drug, it's a drug that um, increases your libido. Oh, no. Using this as like an escapism, um, as well as having these like drugs, he was using Grinder, which is like a very fast paced hookup app and he was organizing sex chem parties where you are on drugs and you're having sex because it's like I don't know I guess it's the two go hand um yeah so he was addicted to sex and addicted to drugs what a guy um sounds like a stand-up citizen yeah it probably started off as something quite fun but then Took a doctor. Yeah, exactly. It got completely out of hand. Oh no. How old was he at this point again? He was born in 66. So 2013. Ugh. 2015, he lost his job and he was doing all of this. 2015. That? That's like almost 50, right? No, I think it was almost 40. 40 years would be 2006. <laughs> 2006. Yeah, he was. It's 49. Yeah, 49. Are you mad? No, the age alone screams danger. But I suppose Gordon, who is the victim in this, was also quite on the mature side. So where do they find these friends? I don't get it. I need to know. They weren't friends though. They were. This was just like when they met. It was just on grinder. It was just. It wasn't supposed to be. I'm looking for a relationship. I just want to have sex, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm forgetting the topic. Okay, go on. So, a little bit about Gordon Semple um, onto the murder. So, Gordon Semple was 59 years old. So, 59 year old Gordon Semple was from Inverness, Scotland. He had been a banker for the Bank of Scotland before moving to London 30 years prior to become a police officer. He was described as a Bobby type character. And, like, if you see, if you see, if you type him in on Google, 
you'll see what I mean. Like, he's just got, like, a bubbly face. All right, Gordon, what's his name? Do you know the... Gordon Semple, S-E-M-P-L-E. Yeah, he's, he looks like one of those chatty blokes you see in um, the pub. This is not what I was expecting. <laughs> so, yeah, he was... He was well-liked and he's always remembered as a friendly character. And he had been living with his long-term partner for 25 years um, before he passed. Um, so at 1pm on the 1st of April, Gordon was on duty, but he had arranged to meet Stefano on Grindr, um, just as a quick kind of session and then be on his way kind of thing. But when Gordon got there, they decided to like put out a notification to organize a chem sex party. Um, it had been a few hours before anybody had responded. And in the early evening, somebody had turned up, but Stefano had answered the door and told, told them that someone had fallen ill and that the party was canceled. So. He did. On this, yeah, is that the girl? He did. Uh-uh. Yeah. That between this time of like 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. when this guy turned up, that Stefano had killed Gordon. It's unclear exactly how Stefano had killed Gordon, but in his his account, he said that they had been in the middle of a, I can't say this word, sadomasochist? Mm, Yeah. Sadomasochist sex act involving a dog lead, a collar, and a mask. And these are like recognized to like heighten your orgasm, but the pressure on the neck, if it is too much, can like lead to death, mm-hmm. like quicker than usual. Um, and with cases like this, it's hard to tell. He's gonna kill over and have a heart attack. He can't hack it. What are they doing? <laughs> That's the thing. We don't know. Like maybe Gordon was because he might have had drugs at this time. That actually didn't. Really- well, actually, we'll get to it. Um, but he might have had drugs and like been involved with the like high of it all. Um, what did I go up to? And like <laughs> cases like this, it's hard to tell if it's malicious or if it's just the sex that's gone wrong. Yeah. Where Stefano had been high on a number of drugs, there was also a chance that he was like completely unstable because we already know that he's like a hermit and he's he's just not right in the head right now. Uh-huh. So it could be a case that he was just unstable, paranoid, and like just switched at the height of him. Mm-hmm. Just pull it too hard or something like that. So on the day that PC Semple disappeared, his partner of 25 years had been texting him and calling him up to 18 times because they had made plans that evening. Like Gordon didn't plan to stay there. Um, but yeah, he was unaware that Gordon had made plans with Stefano. I don't know what their relationship was. It could have been open. Who knows? But the following day, he reported it to the police. Right. So this is where it gets difficult for Stefano. He had to dispose of the body, but days were passing, and the smell of Gordon's decomposing body was alarming the neighbours. Someone flagged it to him. Whenever someone flagged it to him, he was just saying, I'm just cooking for a friend. I don't know how you can pass off, like, what in smells as cooking, but... Ah, what's he cooking? <laughs> Nothing smells like that. Oh, I'm so annoyed. We'll see what he's cooking. He could lie better, like... I don't know why he couldn't, to be honest. But he, he was also really bad at disposing of it. Um. Anyway, so he had to dispose the body. So there's actually CCTV footage of him buying large perforated metal sheets, buckets, and acid, like a load of acid. Um, so as we know, he's addicted to watching Breaking Bad. Oh, no. Nice. There's a scene in Breaking Bad where they try to get rid of a body by putting it in acid. Yeah. Which is stupid because even in the show, it didn't work. Like they made a hole through the floor and everything. Um, so using this as inspo, he decided to dismember Gordon. I don't know why I'm so out of breath. Oh, he decided, excitement. decided to dismember Gordon, put him into the buckets and the bathtub and pour the acids to try and break down his body. But obviously that wasn't good enough. So he actually even ended up kind of chucking a few in the river. Gordon's foot was found um, later. 
I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. That's the thing. Like he's just he's not with it clearly because it's just failing. It's fucking useless. Yeah, completely. He didn't even have the right acids that would be bad. <laughs> so he was like mixing up a load of chemicals just to see if it would work. Oh my god, I'm really not taking this seriously. <laughs> sounds like a comedy act. <laughs> um, but the smell was getting worse, and the neighbours ended up calling the police. Mm. When when the police arrived, Stefano knew he could no longer lie, so he just ended up kind of telling them what had happened. And being the character that he was, he answered the door in pink speedos and aviator glasses. I don't know if that's a Breaking Bad reference or not, but. It's just like, what a way to like answer the door. Um, if he's going down, he's going down with a bang. Do you know what I mean? It seems like it, to be honest. Props to him. I can't fault him on that. Um, and he told them that he killed a police officer and that Satan told him to do it. The thing with Stefano is that he had like a number of... He just kept lying throughout. Like, there's no real reason. We don't know what the real reason was. We're just assuming it's going to be drugs. Um, yeah. So he continued to ramble on, talking about how he had cut up Gordon and dissolved him. When they did look around the flat, there were buckets throughout the hallway of Gordon's dismembered body. Um, That's disgusting. How can you live like that? I suppose he's just so far gone that he could. Um, Hmm. One of them contained his head. (laughs) Yeah, so sad. They found evidence that Stefano had cooked parts of Gordon's simple body. And there were even bite marks found on a body part and DNA. Found. God, for, God forbid. Oh, my goodness. So it really does suggest that Stefano had been eating part of him as well. Yeah. Why couldn't he buy meat when he went out to get all the acid and shit? <laughs> like, I don't get it. I think a part of him probably... I don't know I don't know what it's like to be on crystal meth. Maybe he... Yeah, maybe just got too far and thought, let me just try it. I don't know. Sure. Um, a key thing about this was when he got caught, he kept telling the police guys, police guys, police people that, you know, it was Satan. Satan was the reason that he did it. Shut up. There was no reason why he did it. Satan is not. That's a lie. That's a cop out. That is a fucking cop out. But I think that's like him saying that is him trying to plead insanity, maybe. Probably, yeah. It's just, uh, it's like Son of Sam when he got caught and they asked him why he did it and he was like, my neighbour's dog was telling me to do it. The devil was inside my neighbour's dog and he was called Sam. Um, The thing with this one, when you see the videos, you think he's not actually, he can't be crazy or anything. You just What video? Like his police interview video, he was... Oh. he was seen as um just wearing aviator glasses throughout and he was very forthcoming and in the trial actually we'll get to that they they did test him to see if he was insane um so moving on to the trial yeah on the 18th of october 2016 he went to trial and it, throughout he was sobbing hyperventilating and crying loudly Oh, she's such a and in this, he had abandoned his confession that Satan had told him to do it. And in court, this is where he said that it was a sex game gone wrong. I feel like if it was a sex game gone wrong, there was a chance to like call the police and just be like, it's gone wrong. I admit it. Yeah, I fucked up. I just feel like, when, when was this? 2015, you said? I just feel like as much as like the world was a bit more woke, at that age, you're still used to being suppressed and having to hide who you are, especially in the environment that he grew up in. So he's probably like, I'd rather say the devil told me to do it than just admit that it was a gay sex game gone wrong. Yeah, maybe. I didn't think Yeah, completely. Like he'll be less he'll be judged less harshly if people think that he's a little bit loopy and talking to the devil than if people think that he's gay. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I feel like because eventually his family would know. Mm, yeah. them and them like oh no he wasn't gay it was just uh it was, it was he was possessed yeah like the really strict catholic family are gonna be like oh he needs to be exercised then once do you know what i mean like that kind of thing for being gay yeah not so or maybe 
I don't know. I have no answers. That's just a guess. Yeah. No, it makes it does make sense. Um, but yeah, so things weren't lying lining up and he had been basically lying throughout. Like the footage of him in the hardware store buying all of this stuff. Oh, no. like a crazy person like he's literally putting brackets on his head to see how deep they are like maybe if they would fit a head or something I don't know but he's he is with it um he was assessed yeah. by a psychiatrist and they found him to be completely sane so oh, it is no. really hard to say what the truth would be um God. on the 14th of November the jury found him guilty of murder with life imprisonment he got 24 years and he got similar to yours he got seven years more for obstructing the coroner so basically yeah. dismembering the body is yeah. tampering with evidence yeah. but it doesn't end there so like yours where they are now on the 5th of september well not on the 5th of september on the 5th of february february or february 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 I think it's this because then you'll just forget the how to say the word entirely. On the fifth of February, two thousand and seventeen, <laughs> Stefano Breezy committed suicide in his prison cell. No. Why do you Why do you feel bad for him? A part of me actually did feel bad for him. I think it's a little bit of a cop out. It is a cop out. Like he should have just done his time. It's a weird case because you have a guy who is potentially extremely conflicted like you said fighting with himself about you know everything he's going through as well as high on like meth yeah it's not an excuse really there is no excuse to murder but at the beginning of his life maybe it wouldn't have ended up like this yeah it sounds like he was fighting a lot of demons and just gave him yeah, yeah. I think he had clearly quite a um he didn't know who he was himself and was like absorbed into like being someone else clearly. Yeah. Trying to be Walter White and yeah, these different facets. Yeah, just all these different influences. He just didn't know how to make a decision on his own, I guess. Yeah. I think it was just a drug addiction gone too far. Yeah, him losing his job and all of that he probably didn't have anywhere else to go to because I suppose if we like lost our job we still have support somewhere it sounds like he didn't have that at all definitely wouldn't turn to meth that's for sure but yeah that's my story I, I like I'm not trying to make excuses for him at all by the way no 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 I completely get it but you have to explore all different angles of it I get it yeah oh I hope if you commit suicide, I think that's such a cop out. I think a part of me probably thinks that reality here, he wasn't on drugs anymore. It's like maybe it's a draw or. And you never know what was happening to him in prison. I don't even think it was that. I think it was just him battling himself. And he. Yeah, 100%. Withdrawal and he realized what he did and it was like, I'm not going to live like this anymore. No. I genuinely think from the sounds of it it was just a sex gang gone wrong like don't do these things when you're on drugs I feel like and then when you're coming down from it to realise what you've done like you're in prison now because it was just a sex gang gone wrong like just a sex gang gone wrong do you know what I mean like in the grand it shouldn't have ended like this but then a part of me thinks maybe he knew exactly what he was doing and like Sure, he was high on drugs, but something switched in him, and he was like, "Let me just, let me just push it further." Yeah, because he doesn't know his limits. He doesn't know the limits because he's on drugs. Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. No, I get it. Yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. Well, that's our cases. That is our cases. God damn. A little post mortem. I think your case. I won. I'm just gonna say it. A child doesn't need to be involved in this type of stuff. No, it's just she was yeah. She was collateral. Yeah. Surrounded by loons. I don't know how. I still I don't know how as a mother you're like. You know your boyfriend's a bit weird, but then you also get his cousin involved, who you know has just come out of prison for A, B, and C. 
why are you yeah. surrounding putting your kids in danger like that because she's a people pleaser she's naive so she doesn't know how to say no she wants everyone to be happy and everyone to just yeah she just doesn't know how to say no and unfortunately the outcome of that is the fact that her daughter got killed in a horrible way yeah it's awful I... so as much as like they did the action of like cutting her off and whatever the mother put her put, in that position put her in harm's way yeah yeah i think there's there's it's nice to see the good in people like regardless of their past but like certain times you need to see the good in people from a distance like don't like the great it's like the cousin the cousin's been in and out of jail for a decade it says at what point are they a good person yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what point did you think, oh, it'd be good to have them in the house? I know she probably saw three babysitting, who knows? Wow. Yeah. Wild. Completely. This is why I don't want kids, because I feel like there's certain, certain personalities where they get so blindsided that they can't see the bad in people at all. They're like they will physically hurt you, but you're still gonna make excuses for them. And I think there's like that's that's a fear. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, I just yeah, it blows my mind. I don't know what's worse, like the reality of it or the fact that the mother lied. I think I still don't understand the reasoning for her lying. I still don't get it. I don't think it was a lie. I think she probably thought it was going to come out anyway, like you said. So she was like, let me just tell you now. I did this, this and this to her. She definitely made it harder on herself, but clearly she's she's got one of those guilty conscience. Con- conscious? Conscience? Yeah, I feel like she knows she's done something. Yeah, she kind of, she kind of wants to get it. She wants to get it off her chest. Yeah. I do believe that she didn't kill her. Me too, but she definitely did something wrong to her. Because those SDs were going to come from nowhere. No. No, definitely not. I'm with you on that one. Have you watched, um, what's it called? Tell Me Who I Am? Yeah. It reminds me a bit of that, where the mother would just like allow people to abuse that mother was nasty. Completely. She was a nasty bitch. That whole program was just so shocking. Like I am I still feel conflicted when I think about it now. Like for the twin that still had the memory. Yeah. I feel so bad for him because he's trying to protect his brother and he's carrying all this weight on his shoulders whilst trying to heal himself. And I just feel like the twin brother who lost his memory. He wants to know what happened to him, but he doesn't realise the pressure that he's putting on the brother. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's not a right answer in that case, I think. I think it it helped the twin that knew everything, having someone that didn't know it. Like, it must have been, like, my brother doesn't remember, so in a way I could, like, forget about it too. We can, like, forget it together. Yeah, that's exactly what he was trying to do, but the brother kept pressing him. And I understand why he was pressing him because you know that something horrible happened to you. Yeah. No one, no one's telling you about it. So I get that. It's just tough. It's tough on both of them. Like they I just can't imagine. Yeah, what an awful mother. Yeah, she's nasty. She sounds like a rat cunt. <laughs> and the dad as well. It wasn't their dad. It was a stepdad, wasn't it? I honestly can't remember the dad. I feel like the dad just didn't do anything. That's I, I don't know. I feel like you're complacent in it as well. If you're not going to protect... Yeah. You're still guilty. Yeah, you're still guilty. That's probably... It yeah. makes so much sense why he didn't forgive him. Yeah. Gosh. What an woman. We need to... We should cover that case. <laughs> we can do that one day. Yeah. I think about it every now and then. Yeah, it does play on my mind. It's all just, I don't know, it's crazy. She was abusing them as well. I just, how, how do you, like, what is going on in I your brain to think, let me do that to my own kids? My own kids, like, I just... For those of you who haven't watched it, you really should, because it's just, we probably ruined half of it. There's spoilers in this, but... 
mind-boggling. I feel like you know from like the get-go that something's happened to these kids and that they've been abused. So we haven't ruined that part of it. I didn't think it would be that level of abuse. Like I thought she was doing like it was it was abuse, but it wasn't. She wasn't like driving them to people's houses and dropping them off for the night. And I always remember, yeah. And I always remember that bit where the brother who obviously remembers he um he got dropped off to one of her friend's houses one night and then something started with the person and then the brother was like actually I think they were like 15 at this point so maybe like older to fight back and whatever the brother the boy was like actually do you know what I'm not going to do this so he like beat up the man who was touching him and literally ran home like barefoot from this person's house and then got like I don't know how far away they lived but it was quite I can't remember, but he came home and then was at the breakfast table the next morning and the mum was shocked to see him and like the boy just looked at his mum and they like acknowledged each other but no one said anything and I just think that's absolutely crazy. Like she must have shit herself. But also because if it wasn't for that moment she wouldn't have stopped. If he didn't have that courage to be like, I'm not doing this anymore, it would never have stopped. No. Oh, I just I can't. I can't. The actual thought of it just I don't get it. These poor kids. That was I recommend that one to anyone and everyone. I can't. Mm. No good. But yeah, I guess that's the end of our episode. There you go. I am the winner. You are losing, <laughs> and I'll pick the topic for next time. I'll be back on top again. Hey now. Hey now. Yeah, I just... <laughs> this is the dream I made up. Um, yeah, I'll pick a topic for next time. I quite liked... Uh, let me not ruin it. I'll talk to you off podcast, but... Um... Yeah. Yeah, anyway, thanks for listening, friends. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully you're not too squeamish. Yeah, I mean, you're listening to the episode, so we assume that you're not. You know what you're in for. Yeah, true. You'll be fine. Hopefully. But ciao, everyone.